Hello, Fort Worth. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and today I'm here with Christopher Rose and Thomas Moore to discuss the eight propositions that will be on the ballot for us in Texas this November, as well as a topic that has been on a lot of people's mind here in the state of Texas, as well as in the country at large um, over the past couple of weeks, which is the heartbeat bill. So we're going to get into that a little bit as well. Uh, All of the resources, as always, that are used in this episode will be provided below in the show notes. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues at our website, justicereformleague.net. We are no longer at .org. We are now at justicereformleague.net. Still the same website, still a place you can listen to the podcast. Um, Feel free to contact us if you have any episode ideas or if you have any responses to what we say in this episode or any of the episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Also, if you have any recommendations for additional stories for us to cover, you can contact us at Twitter, uh, at FW Freedom, I'm sorry, FW Review, at FW Review. And you can also send us a Gmail at FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. And now to the show. Right, exactly. So, yep. Do what do y'all think we should do first? Should we, should we talk about the heartbeat bill and Abbott's and all that stuff, or should we talk about the propositions first? Mm. Mm. Um, I feel like the propositions are not as talked about, so we should maybe start with that. Okay. Yeah. Just because, okay. like. We were saying before you showed up, Thomas, that like there are already so many, like there's so much information and so many opinions going out, yeah. going around about the heartbeat bill, but like we won't have like a ton, like like fresh stuff to contribute. It'll be more just mm-hmm. like diversifying and just yeah. having a little conversation about it. Okay. How so, does that sound? Starting with the propositions. That sounds good to me. So we got these in the mail. I, I imagine they're still going out. So maybe, listener, by the time you hear this, you've gotten this in the mail. I believe every Texas resident is going to get one. It's from the Secretary of State uh, of Texas uh, Elections Division. But it says current resident on it. doesn't have a name on it. So people probably might just throw it out because it says that. But if you open it, they, they're telling you all eight propositions that are going to be on the table for November. So whether or not there's like local elections in your area or not, there likely will be some, and we're going to talk about the commissioner's court on next episode. Um, There will be everywhere in Texas, there'll be these eight propositions. And I've already seen like misinformation or confusion about these, like uh, on the Texas, it's either the Texas or the Texas politics subreddit this morning. I saw someone thinking that one of these was already law and like getting really mad and upset about it. And I was like, "Mm, it's not yet. Like it might be, but mm-hmm. we actually get to vote on that. So like you're jumping the gun on that. It's actually not a law yet. So we'll go through. Uh, there's only eight. Last time there was 10. So this is this is a little less. And to be honest, like. I was kind of surprised that they weren't as sneaky. 
yeah with them does that make sense you know what i mean like they're they're normally like confusingly worded and like Mm -hmm. unclear about what their intentions are and that's that's not really happening here with any of these um did you guys i guess before we get into them did you guys have a chance to go through all of them and think about like a yes no do you like have you thought about how you want to vote on them I uh, I kind of wanted to do that with y'all okay. because uh, I, I started reading through them and then I was like the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. I know nothing of them. Yes. Like, the I, pro- professional Rodeo Association hashtag feminism. <laughs> sure. Yeah, just like top one, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to wait to decide on some of these. Fair enough. No, I think that's I think that's a wise decision. So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's go so through them. That with y'all. Yeah. So proposition one, it, it says proposes a constitution. Here, here before it's every single one of these is a constitutional amendment, which yeah. is weird that we have yeah. to like change the constitution to let a rodeo association fundraise. But yeah. like, like, and I, I've, I actually kind of want to maybe down the road at some point, go through the Texas constitution. Cause I've heard it's huge and ridiculous and like way more cumbersome than a lot of other ones are. And I guess it's because every time we've come up with new laws, like we're, we're amending, uh, yeah. this document. So I don't know. That's just something that was like weird to me. Like I highlighted it first. Cause I was like, oh, that seems important. It's like, it's an amendment. And then like, I got through all eight of them and I was like, every single one of these is a constitutional amendment. Like it's maybe it isn't that significant. Um, I don't know. But so anyways, yeah, I'll read, I'll continue reading what it actually said. So proposes a constitutional amendment expanding the circumstances in which a professional sports team charitable foundation may conduct raffles to raise money for the foundation's charitable purposes. The proposed amendment would allow professional sports team charitable foundations of organizations sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association or the Women's Professional Rodeo Association to hold charitable raffles at rodeo events. Great. See, this is what I think is like, (laughs) yeah, I think this is like lazy, you know, while riding or there's like some, some loophole in the constitution. That's probably the first one. Cause they're only being specific about rodeos, you know? Yeah. Like, I know they already do a lot of that stuff at like baseball games and stuff, but you would think, that you would reward it to include other things because probably what's going to happen is you're going to have some other type of event that comes up that doesn't fit the purview there mm-hmm. and then you're going to need a con- another constitutional amendment and then everything is just more complicated yeah yeah um you're right actually i kind of i think i read into it what i thought it meant if that makes any sense uh, yeah. rather than actually just like taking it as literal word, which is what you should do with these things. I think you're right, Thomas. Cause I, when I initially read this, I was like, yeah, like, yes, organizations should be able to fundraise. Like, that's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, of course they should, like a sports team should be able to raise money for their team or whatever, you know, like that's, that seems like a, uh, duh. Um, but that's not yeah. what this says. It's only for rodeos. It's all, and it's only organizations that are sanctioned by professional rodeo cowboys association or the women's professional rodeo association which now the other thing i'm gonna have to do is actually uh because i'll say it's a it's an amendment saying this but notice 
it doesn't actually give you the actual amendment. So I'm going to have to go and do a little bit of research well, to see does. what it actually it, says. It does. Well, at least on the the, the mailer, okay. the mailer they sent out, it actually does. So it's a, it'll, it oh, says okay. it'll be worded like this on the ballot. It'll be worded, the constitutional amendment authorizing the professional sports team charitable foundations uh-huh. of organizations sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association or the Women's Professional Rodeo Association to conduct charitable raffles at rodeo venues. So, again, boring bureaucratic language. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's if you're wanting to go find the bill itself, it's HJR 143. That's what Proposition 1 is. So you can go search. And I guess I didn't, it didn't occur to me, but I can put all of these, the link to the actual bills in the show notes. So if you want to go read it yourself, you're welcome to go do so. I'll do that. Yeah, too. the article that you sent to us um, has the links in it, too. Oh, okay, okay, good. Well, that saves time. Yeah, just as one. So what do you think? So what are y'all going to vote on that? I mean, like, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm for anything that allows charity. I'll probably vote yes on it. But I would really like it to have been written better. Yeah, I initially put yes on it, too. That's what I was thinking. But like now that it's because it's not inclusive. And here's the here's my other question. The question that comes to mind is, okay. Is the PRCA or the WPRA, are they private organizations or are they public organizations? I'm assuming they're private. It doesn't sound like it's a state thing. Yeah, it does just sound like it's like just very specifically giving power to those organizations, which is a little weird. Yeah. And so like if, you know, I don't know, and maybe should have gone and looked that up before we did this episode or something, but that's, that's something we can find out, you know, like we can, we can go look at these, uh, you know, screw it. Let's do it right now. I'm going to do it live. We're going to do it live. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Him, Bill. Um, let's see. Uh, I do not know how to navigate. Rodeo website. Okay, rodeo schedule. <laughs> Pro rodeo. Professional rodeo cowboys. I typed in the. Okay, here we go. Can C- join yeah. the PRCA. That is an option. Anyone of legal age in home state can apply for a PRCA permit, which allows them to enter many of the association's rodeos. Okay, so it's a permitting. They. 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 Oh. That's like to be in the rodeo. Yeah, it's like a credential yeah. that you have to get. Okay. Right. <laughs> so then they okay. can earn money, or the women's version can earn money to continue credentialing. I don't know. The whole thing's weird. Like, I don't have a problem with it on the face of it. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. But it's I mean, just... it like you have to, if you want to be a member, you have to pay three hundred dollars to get your permit. Like, yeah, it's not to credentialing it's whatever else they want to do with the money well yeah well exactly exactly but i mean it, it these types of things that's a whole topic in itself like should these things even exist because essentially they're gatekeepers it's you got to pay 300 dollars to do this thing um or you can't do it and it's like we kind of talked about this i think when amber was on a few months back in regards to like social work because she was having she's now a licensed lmsw or whatever but she had to like do all of this stuff to get this license and there's all these barriers to entry mm-hmm. just to even though you have a master's degree you should just be able to go out and get a job but you can't because you have to get licensed and you have to pay some other social work to or, or to observe you 
um, for X amount of hours and you have to pay them to do that. And then they can write off on your thing or whatever. Um, and so like, that's not, that's not what's happening here. I don't know anything about the rodeo. I've never, never competed in that or, and I don't think any of us have, but like it, it, it's just letting them fundraise. It's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of it's like, okay, so what? Awesome. Like I'm for anything with charity. Like you said, Thomas, like it sounds good to be able to conduct charitable raffles at rodeo venues, but why the bottleneck of organizations sanctioned by these people? Right, yeah. and why do you need a constitutional amendment? Like, if this was just a like a regular <laughs> bill, yeah, I wouldn't even be be mad about it. But okay, this is this is okay, but this is going to yeah. be in the fucking constitution. And when I've been told that constitution is our constitution is already kind of contradictory, anyways, mostly because like we'll add stuff and we won't really take stuff out. Yeah, yeah. you know, so it's like, why why are we muddying the waters here? Why? Yeah, so I don't know. I guess, yeah, I'll probably, I'll, I don't know. I'll probably vote no on it just because it's like, con convince me. Um, give me a yeah, reason. Give me a reason. I, I might look around, see if anybody's got any opinions, see if anybody yeah. who like is a big rodeo person is like, oh man, God, finally, this would solve so many problems. Let me explain how, you know? So, but unless that happens. Yeah. I yeah, give me an argument for it. I mean, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, if they're charging anyone who competes in the rodeo in Texas $300, probably, what, a mm. year or something? Like, and how much does it cost to, like, run an entity like that? Um, you're probably doing fine. Like, do you need to fundraise? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, let's continue on, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, proposition number two. <laughs> Uh, also known as HJR 99, which is why I think because they put the bill numbers in here, I think that's what confused people like, well, these are laws. It's like, well, they were passed, but these are actually going to be propositions. So again, quote, a constitutional amendment allowing the legislature to uh, authorize a county to issue bonds or notes to finance the development or redevelopment of an unproductive, undeveloped, or blighted area within the community and to pledge for repayment of those bonds or notes increases in property taxes revenues imposed on property in the area by the county. So, and then it kind of continues on to like give context and say that the constitution gives the legislature power to authorize an incorporated city or town with such bonds. So like the city can do this stuff, but the yep. county can't do this stuff. And so, like, so this is an, uh, an amendment that allows counties to do the same thing that cities do in regards to, like, raising money through bonds to, to deal with specifically unproductive, underdeveloped, or, quote, blighted areas in the community, which is, like, that's, I don't like the word, the wording on that. And I see what they're saying, but it's, like, we could have probably worded that better. Um, but, like, I had to learn a new word for this. What? Ad valorem tax revenues, which is basically just a fun, fancy way of saying uh, probably going to be property taxes. Okay. Yeah, I meant to look that mm -hmm. up. I forgot. Yeah, ad valorem. That's actually in here, I think, on, the, on a couple of the props they, re they refer to. Ad valorem. So, yeah, I'll continue, continue reading on. So, um, the Texas Constitution gives the legislature the power to authorize an incorporated city or town to issue such bonds or notes, but does not expressly give the legislature the power to grant the same authority to counties. The proposed amendment also provides that a county 
that issues bonds or notes for transportation improvements may not pledge for the repayment of those bonds or notes more than 65% of the increases in ad valorem tax revenues each year. And a county may not use proceeds from the bonds or notes to finance the construction, operation, maintenance, or acquisition of rights-of-way toll roads. So it's like you can, you can do this for stuff except for building toll roads. And then you can't raise property taxes more than 65% to help pay for it. Is essentially um, can you not raise taxes by more than 65% or can you not use more than 65% of the raised taxes or of the increase in the taxes toward this purpose? Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess the, the wording of it may not pledge for the repayment of those bonds more than 65% of the increases in ad right. valorem taxes. So there so are, yeah. How much you can increase it. It just says that when you increase it, you can only use 65% of the yeah. increase toward this purpose. Correct. Right. Correct. So what do y'all think of that? I guess I'll, I'll finish. I'll read what it's actually going to say on the ballot. The constitutional amendment authorizing a county to finance the development or redevelopment of transportation or infrastructure in unproductive, undeveloped, or blighted areas in the county. They're stuck with that, that, that one sentence. I'm sure this sounds helpful for, for places that are outside of city limits, you know, that aren't, um, or that a city might not be addressing. Um, yeah. Like, it, this is already happening in cities, you know. Um, so it sounds like I'm all for, you know, redevelopment of transportation and infrastructure. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a problem with this. I mean, this seems we we need more, more mechanisms, bureaucratic mechanisms to make it possible to have yeah improvement in certain areas. Now, the the, yeah, the thing, the blighted thing. One of the reasons, if you y'all remember, uh, that was one of the reasons why we had problems with the voter suppression laws because a lot of people can't get to ballot boxes and stuff. I think this is a good thing, but I think they need to follow it up with some other things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, certainly, but on, on its own isn't enough. And then I also, I think this is kind of, I think maybe some people will be suspicious of this thinking of gentrification being like, oh, yep. it's going to, it's going to make that easier or provide more money for that. And that's certainly a possibility, but yeah. it's not, it's not just explicitly for that though. Like it certainly could be beneficial. It's kind of up to the people in the County, the commissioner's court to decide what they're gonna what they're gonna raise or when they're gonna raise bonds for certain things. And that's I think you are gonna have a lot of people cities. So like it's not gonna change anything in cities and Yeah. I mean yeah you, you can like, have the I mean the city might have one priority and the county might have another priority. That'll certainly happen. I don't know if that'll happen here in Tarrant County. Um but I mean, sure. certain in certain cities and certain counties like yeah there are you have disparity and and what what people want to do with what so but yeah i think you're right i think for our purposes here this will essentially i mean it'll pass at the statewide level but here in Car tarrant county it'll give you know the outskirts of the area the ability to get more um you know infrastructure which is good the more we we need we need more infrastructure coming period. sorry no you're good so i guess we're so voting yes on that one it seems um yeah I'll, I'll probably vote yes on that one, personally. I probably will, too. Thomas, what about you? He's muted himself for muted a moment. Himself. I think he, he's, we all seemed in agreement on uh, that one. 
Yes. There we go. I, I would vote yes on this. Uh, sorry, jo- Jordan was giving giving Thomas his wake up juice. There you go. Nice. It's Red Bull, everybody. Just so we were clear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Um, uh, proposition number three, uh, SJR 27. So this was a Senate bill, not a house bill. Um, quote proposes a constitutional amendment. There it is. Another amendment barring the state of Texas or a political subdivision from enacting, adopting, or issuing a statute, order, proclamation, decision, or rule that prohibits or limits religious services. The proposed amendment would apply to religious services, including those conducted in churches, congregations, and places of worship in the state by a religious organization established to support and serve the propagation of a sincerely held religious belief. Oh. Yeah. So this will, this, this will be worded on the ballot. Pivoting okay. or yeah. limiting. That's very key information because, like, you know this is a response to churches not being able to hold in person uh you know church things mm-hmm. uh last year and but so many churches were able to do online things mm-hmm. but that's a limitation so here's you my thing here's my that. thing yet yeah. uh, in times of pandemics things like this Governments should be able to limit things. I'm not saying they need to be able to impede on everyone's lives, but people are dying. Like my old church that I grew up in, um, they had to shut down for a month, and this wasn't the government's doing because that many people got COVID. Several people died. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And like it just, what I've noticed a lot around this pandemic is a lot of conservative grandstanding. Saying, oh, they're coming after my rights over the smallest inconvenience, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they want to be able to inconvenience other people, but they don't want to inconvenience themselves. Yeah. For the greater good. It makes no sense. Like, look. Access like, to priorities. You think the government wants to waste their time and resources to keep you from, you know, going and worship, worship worshiping your sky daddy? No. They just want you to, you know not be dead and not be in the hospital and maybe be alive. Yep. How dare they? Yep. How dare they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one seems very much like just a, a Republican, you know, grab at religious people. <laughs> like yeah. that's it. I mean, yeah, like... it's yeah, it's exactly it's pandering. I'm sure it's probably been lobbied hard, like during the session this spring. I'm sure churches or, or some sort of religious organizations were really pushing for this. And um, churches have so much money in Texas. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And none yeah. of it's taxed. Yeah. You want to talk about how we're going to pay for all this stuff, how we're going to help all the millions of homeless people that we're going to have here after the after the course of the year, not the moratoriums over like. How how are we going to provide for for them? You know, that's what you're talking about a second ago, Thomas, with like in being inconvenienced. A lot of this is just like a very individualistic perspective where it's like me, me, me. Yeah. I'm inconvenienced. Oh, that. Oh, the, the government's infringing on me. But they're not concerned about like us. They're not concerned about America as a whole, as a, as a society and going like, look, all of these people are suffering. All these people will continue to suffer unless we get our shit together as a company. As a company, Jesus Christ. As a country. <laughs> they are, that's what they are. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Real talk. Uh, and so, you know, and it's like, 
if you're <laughs> the thing that I think is ridiculous and what's funny is it's the people who like to call themselves patriots that have have the biggest issue with the vaccines and with the masks and stuff. But it's like if you were a real patriot, you would care right. for the well-being of America, meaning the American people. And like what's what's best for all of us is for like everyone to be safe and vaccinated and cover up so we can be done with all of this crap. But here's, here's what I love. They'll be like, I'm a constitutional conservative. I'm like, good. You know, the government actually has the constitutional authority to do this, right? Like it's written in there. Yeah. And they've had it like, since the, the Supreme Court decided in the 60s that that the government is allowed yeah. to do this because people were pissed about it the entire first half of the 20th century. They didn't like having to do it then, especially yeah. once vaccines got became a thing in like the 30s, 1936. Um, you know, it's people have been mad about it. People have been upset about it, been been protesting about it. And so the Supreme Court finally decided, like, no, this is fine. Um, and so that's not going to change anytime soon. You know, I'm probably yeah. just going to have more pandemics as time goes on. Small, um, small tangent here. I know I'm like the ADHD of the group, but, you know, you love me. Uh, yes, you mean we just I'm, have one? Hold on. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we've all got it around here, guys. In this book, sorry. Uh, I'm sick and tired of these anti-vaxxers. I really, I mean, it's the same people. It's the same people from the church. It's the same people we're talking about now. Um, they'll talk like, you know, this small inconvenience that where Biden's still trying to, like, work with them to let them, you know, live their lives without having to get vaccinated and act like he's like Hitler or something or, you know, mm -hmm. some totalitarian ruler. But what they conveniently don't do is they don't go look in, in the past at the crazy-ass quarantine measures that they had to take in, like, colonial times and stuff, and what the punishments for not following them were. Because that was a lot more steep, because it wasn't about your individual liberty. It was more seen as the liberty of everyone else else is being impeded. Yep. No, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. And so I think we're all, um, in regards to, prop, I guess to bring it back to the main point, to, in regards to Proposition 3, Get your vaccine. Uh, Go ahead. I think we're all no, right? Like, are we are we for no saying yeah, no? I am going to no, vote no. 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 no on Prop one, 3. This is one that I did not need any discussion to to know that I was going to vote no on it. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it shakes out. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I imagine it would be pretty close. Um, but that, that's again, I hope we're going to have to bring this, you know, re like refer to this episode again here in a couple of episodes so people can go back and if they didn't hear this one, go back and hear it so they can be educated on prop three. Hopefully people are doing their homework too. I guess we'll keep rolling. Prop four, uh, SJR 47, another Senate bill, um, that quote proposes a constitutional amendment, changing certain eligibility requirements for a justice of the Supreme court judge of the court of criminal appeals a justice of the court of appeals and a district judge. The proposed amendment provides that a person is eligible to serve on the Supreme court. If the person among other qualifications is licensed to practice law in Texas is a resident of Texas at the time of election has been either a practicing lawyer licensed in Texas for at least 10 years or a practicing lawyer licensed in Texas and a judge of the state of the court or county court established by the legislature for a combined total of at least 10 years. During Wait, it's it's either or both because I'm looking or. at it says either uh it has been either this or that. Um, okay, all right. Then and, sorry, the no, uh, uh, the reform question. Austin has it listed differently. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. 
Um, and then the last section uh, during, uh, and during that time has not had the person's license to practice law revoked, suspended, or subject to a probated suspension. The same eligibility requirements would, would apply to the court of criminal appeals and to a justice of the court of appeals. The proposed amendment further provides that to be eligible for appointment or election as a district judge, a person must be a resident of Texas, be a licensed to practice law in Texas, and have been a practicing lawyer or a judge of a court of a judge in Texas, or both combined, there's the combined part, um, for eight years preceding the person's election during which time the person's license to practice law has not been revoked, suspended, or subject to a probated suspension. That's like saying the same, I just said a bunch of the same stuff over and over again. I was mm -hmm. like, this isn't already a thing. I was like, no, I was like, it, look, this needs to be a thing. I was like, look, waiting for like the shooter drop. Like when I was reading it the first time, I was like, okay, okay. So like, where's the change to this like, process? What, what are the requirements now? Do we like, I guess I think there's none. I think I remember, maybe we even said that last year that there are no requirements to be like a county judge. Um, especially if you're out in the sticks, a lot of people don't have law degrees out there. Um, yeah, and yeah. so to have a judge, like if you had to, if you had this requirement to have a judge, uh, would be difficult in certain parts of Texas. Um, and so I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even about like having judge, judges elected by the people. Like if they had it, had it yeah. where judges were elected by a bar association, maybe, but like, how should I say this? People are fucking stupid. <laughs> Okay, so you end up with judges who are also fucking stupid, who don't need to be anywhere near the lawmaking or law enforcement process. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like this because it forces it it forces people to actually like have fucking experience yeah. as a lawyer or a judge, and you know, not have done anything shitty. So, for instance, if Lynn Wood uh, were to get disbarred or suspended, he couldn't be a judge later. And I'm really happy about that fact. Yeah. Same thing with uh point. with the Kraken, who's hopefully gets this barred too. Like these are people who don't need to be around our legal system with a ten foot pole. So yeah, so, so both, yeah, yeah, yes. hardcore yes on this. Yeah, hardcore yes on prop four. Uh yeah, let's have some requirements to be deciding what happens to people uh in their lives in the criminal justice system. Um, Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. We're halfway through proposition number five, also known as HJR 165 quote proposes a constitutional amendment allowing the state commission on judicial conduct SCJC to accept complaints or reports, convict investigations and take any other authorized action with respect to a candidate for a state judicial office. Currently, the Texas Constitution only permits the SCJC to take such actions as to persons holding a judicial office, end quote. So, I mean, that makes sense, too. Yeah, this one seems pretty straightforward. It's like, okay, let this, I mean, from what I understand, the State Commission on Judicial Conduct doesn't have a lot of bite or power or, like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, enforceable action or whatever, to my understanding. Um, but this would at least expand their purview like a little bit to where you can investigate someone who's running right. for office and not wait for them to win to begin the investigation. It it sounds good, but considering the current political status quo, I'm going to say no. Um, hmm. 
mainly because like this this is very much i believe this is very much conveniently timed after the uh voter suppression bill and the 2020 presidential election uh oh okay texas is is still a little red right now you get what i'm saying well it's still a lot so red. these new yeah. candidates yeah so these new candidates are probably going to be pretty blue so now they can get all up in there yeah 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 i see what you're saying so it's essentially giving the state more power to investigate people running for office but the state in the state of texas yeah is run by republicans and corrupt republicans at that so this mm-hmm. would be giving them another tool to investigate um you know political opponents potentially which is totally true yeah and so that's 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 a pickle man because like it, you kind of come down to because like that's oh man yeah i don't know because like it's a partisan thing and it certainly will probably have a negative impact on uh democrat candidates in texas but at mm-hmm. the same time, like, I still feel like that entity should be able to. It seems like what's the point of the, of the of the organization or the entity if it can't investigate people until they hold office? Um, also, I, conveniently, this doesn't go into effect till 2025. Oh, wow. It doesn't say that on this thing. Interesting. It's, it's on, the, on the website thing. But I noticed, yeah. like, some of my information is a little odd. So I don't know if that's the actual thing. But it says. These requirements would be applied to individuals elected or appointed to a term beginning after January 1st, 2025. Okay. Yeah, that 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 article kind of provides a little bit of of um no, coverage. They kind of explain a little bit of stuff as they go through it. So they provide their own their own information on it. Good. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So theoretically, which one, which prop was it? 165? Yeah, probably sounds five. good. But then you realize that like there's a board of uh 13 people who are deciding this and deciding what they care about to okay. to investigate you know yeah and like who are 13 people yeah you know are they appointed or are they elected they are um appointed by the supreme court of texas what uh, okay. There are six judges appointed by the Supreme Court of Texas, two attorneys appointed by the state bar of Texas, and five citizen members appointed by the governor. So, wow. <laughs> so it's five people by the governor, two people, you said, by the, the state bar association? And yeah. Then, and then the Supreme Court itself picks the other five, the people that would be investigating so courts? Six by the Supreme Court. Two by the state bar and five by the governor, just directly. Just five citizen members. Greg Abbott gets to throw in there however he wants. I'm so glad you looked that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes this a hard no, right? Like, yeah, who this are is, these people? This is a circus, bro. This is like a bunch yeah, of clowns. These are, not, these are not elected people. There's no accountability on who these people are. There's, like, who do we go to if we have a problem with one of these people, you know? Like... Yeah, no, this should, there should be a body that does this stuff, a watchdog group that does this, but it should be, you know, citizen, it should be independent. It should be a citizen board or something like that. Um, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's insane. Of course it, of course it is. Everything else in Texas <laughs> politics is corrupt. Like, of course that's how it's set up. Okay. So oh, yeah, that's a hard no on that. I don't want that entity or organization to. Texas, 
The Texas Senate confirms all appointees. I don't know how, like, if that changes anything. But. I mean, I guess that that okay. Well, that does give a little bit of accountability or power to. Yeah, quote, quote, so, so Frank Abbott can't just decide yeah. like these people are on it now. Too bad. Well, then, but yeah. Also, if the Texas Senate answers to Greg Abbott, then you know. It becomes a bargaining tool where like, oh, if you let my if you let me my appointees go through, then I'll hook you up down the road. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. OK, so good news. His approval rating is super low, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Do you want to? I think it's beautiful. I was going to bring that up, but we could talk about it now if you want. Like, yeah, his approval rating it has been as low as than it's, than it's ever been or since 2015. Yeah, um, which is wild, considering how red Texas still is. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's not like Republicans love him and Democrats hate him anymore. It's just like people in general are beginning to hate him. <laughs> yeah. And so the numbers I'm reading from this Truth Out article that, that'll be down below in the show notes, um, that his approval rating went from 44% in June of disapproval in June to a net negative. Uh, now, forty-one percent of people po- uh, approve of the GOP and the governor's job performance, while fifty percent disapprove. So now he's kind of like underwater, as they say. Like he's got a higher disapproval rating than he does an approval rating, just across Texas as a whole. Um, and nobody's asked me, so I, I'll, <laughs> I would contribute to those numbers in a negative way. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, it'll probably say here that they're. Uh, 50% of people asked. All I'm saying is Governor Beto sounds a hell of a lot better than Governor Abbott. I'm just <laughs> saying it. He's not running, though. Like, he hasn't. I know. I know. Like, we're trying to convince him, like, hardcore, and he just won't do it. <laughs> it's like, please, Dad, please. He's like, I'll think about it. Please. He probably, please. Do you think he wants to run for president again? I didn't even think about that to just know. Honestly, if he makes a run for governor, he could make a run for president. Like, I, don't I, know. I want him. I want him in some position of leadership. I don't know. I'm gonna briefly Amber and say that he's got a better chance at running for president than he does for, for Texas governor. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's. I think his po- he's political got a career. A lot is, of nationwide yeah. support. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. But not here. Really. But he's still gonna need that experience <laughs> before he gets he gets taken apart because you're gonna have these moderate Democrats who just die, who are just like, you know, we need something slightly more conservative, someone with. The experience, right? I mean, he's been a congressman. Yeah. But we need some. He, he's going to need a little bit more on his resume than just a congressman to be president, because like. Would y'all vote for McConaughey? I mean, huh? Would you vote Would for, you vote for McCona- McConaughey? Uh, I think I mean, so. over Abbott, yes. Depends on who he I mean, is running against. Even but... though it goes against my principles, because I believe in you know voting for people who actually have experience in like politics and everything Mm -hmm. like i think that's one of the problems with trump was you know this guy didn't have a social sciences degree he didn't have a political career everyone's Mm -hmm. like oh he's not a politician that's great i'm like no that's not great he's gonna have no idea what the he's doing and guess what he had no idea what the he was doing (laughs) yeah okay don't get me wrong i think i think mcconaughey would still be better than abbott just in earnest but i mean that's how you need somebody yeah, you need somebody who like knows the climate, and knows how to, how not to get part of my French, but knows how not to get mother. Like a uh, if Telerico run for governor, I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. Who is that? 
that, my friend, is the state rep who. Oh yeah, yeah, the uh, Democrat here in Texas. Yeah, yeah. he he led the uh, the exodus against the voter suppression law mm-hmm. to to DC. Mm-hmm. Like if then if then if Dan Patrick hadn't have broken uh, procedure, which he he's technically not supposed to be able to do, um, that would that bill would have been killed. He also almost killed the uh, critical race theory bill in a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he like uh, that is. Because they ended, Batman. It, it didn't, it did, oh, it did. No, yeah, it was like, it looked like it wasn't going to make it through before the end of the session. Uh, and then they ended they up. Had they had to, they literally the had to, like, second. go on, on overnight and do that shit. Like, they had yeah. to, they had to pull some, like, they, in both cases, they had to break procedure a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick's case, he may have done something against the Texas Constitution. Which, here's my thing. If it gets ruled like that, can that even be signed into law? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing, him being under indictment for five years and still not being, you know, it, it answers all these questions to everything he's handled in the meantime, depending on his mm-hmm. image. Absolutely. Okay, let's get back to the propositions. We got three yep. more. Uh, proposition number six, um, SJR 19, quote, proposes a constitutional amendment establishing that residents of certain facilities have the right to designate an in an essential caregiver with whom the facility may not prohibit in-person visitation. The proposed amendment would apply to a nursing facility, assisted living facility, intermediate care facility for individuals with an intellectual disability reference. I'm sorry, residents providing home and community-based services or state supported living center. The proposed amendment would also authorize the legislature to provide guidelines for these facilities to follow in establishing essential caregiver visitation policies and procedures. This may be my favorite one. Really? How come? It, it's for purely political reasons, but the only oh. reason this is a lot, this is being considered right now is because the most reliable voting block is old people who generally vote Republican, which means mm-hmm. they probably lost, lost some either to co- I, either to a combination of COVID and or their stupidity and they're trying to win them back. Don't get me wrong. I think the premise, like, as, as a law, that should be the case. Oh, really? But I'm just, t- yeah, I'm just tickled oh, really? pink. Yeah, I'm as tickled pink as to why they're doing it. See, I don't think it should be the case. And I'm someone who's... They're, they're, their voter base is dying, though. And it makes me happy. Yeah, I could see. Sorry, I could see. Ahead. No, I think you're right. I think it you know, directly related to the pandemic. And it's it's just again, um, it's 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 weird because it's like it's inverted than how it should be. I think they're mad at the government telling facilities that that they couldn't do that essentially. Um, and so now, so it was always like the government was the bad guy preventing the private companies, the free market, from doing what they needed to do. Uh, and so that was like, I was kind of like blame the government sort of thing. Don't blame the facilities. And this is saying, this is take, this is making the government take the power away from the facilities to decide for themselves who can and can't come. In, oh, come in their okay. Yeah. See that, that needs to go too. Cause like, honestly, like if they were allowed to visit, but they could regulate the visit visits so they don't catch COVID or something, I'd be about it. But that is, that is definitely pandering. This is, this is more political than I thought it was um it's weird still tickle yeah. pink i mean I'm, hard us- no. I'm usually against stuff that is like um i'm, I'm sorry i'm not 
I'm starting it backwards. I'm usually for stuff that is regulating companies or businesses. Um, Mm Because usually that regulation is something in regards to like the the workplace, you know, how good or how good it is or the quality it needs to be, how you're paying your employees. Those are regulations on on businesses like that stuff is really important to me. So this is like another regulation on private companies saying, but the regulation is essentially limiting those companies in the decision of who comes in their facilities. Which I'm against that to me, I'm like, that's a little too much government overreach. Yeah, because that means, you know, there's a pandemic and and the facilities trying to handle that however they are. And then there are people that they just cannot prohibit from being able to do whatever they want, basically, like, yeah. like coming on their schedule, like, and that's between See, them and their patient. Yeah, I didn't even think about and, that. That's you, you guys made me turn me into a hard non because <laughs> no, it's because the, the old <laughs> people are dying. And this is but they're also like what I love is this is ultimately self-defeating to their purposes, because let's say this passes, right? Yeah, people can visit these old people and give them more COVID. Yeah, so more old people will die, and less of them will vote Republican. Turn I mean, Texas blue, y'all. I mean, that's you're really generalizing a lot there. It's not going to be that cut and dried, <laughs> but I think in the aggregate, probably lean in that direction. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be like that, but it's it. That's kind of what might I happen. Like I'm a, saying. A for the podcast, we are not advocating for old people. No. In, in any way of course not. no no we're not no i'm just saying that that's this right. is this is what the republicans are relying on is a, a dying voter race just to be clear yeah no yeah. it was terrible like i've had family who passed away last year and we couldn't visit them and that definitely sucked um mm-hmm. but my I, mom had covid i couldn't visit her yeah and so mm-hmm. like but i think that should have been the case like i'm mm-hmm. you know i'm it, it I, sucks I you couldn't visit them, but at yeah. the same time. But I understand. Like, I'm willing to make that for, sacrifice personally. Like, this sucks for me. But, like, for all of us, though, it's better if we don't do that. Yeah. You know? And, like, I don't know. And least, honestly, if these loved ones really love you, and they probably do, they won't want you to. Like, my mom was straight up like, you can call me. You can message me. Do not show up here. I don't want to get you sick. Hmm. Yeah. You know? So that so I guess so no one on prop six, no on yeah. prop six. Okay, so then yeah, this this I'm, I've definitely changed my mind here as we go gone through this too. So this is fun. Uh, prop yeah, this is good. <laughs> prop seven, uh, HJR one twenty five House bill that quote proposes a constitutional amendment permitting a person who is fifty five years of age or older at the time of the death of their spouse who is receiving a limitation on school district property taxes on the resident homestead on the basis of a disability to continue receiving the limitation while the property remains their surviving spouse's residence homestead. Okay. This is a really another niche one that I'm like, why are we making a constitutional amendment for this? Like, I don't have a problem with this on the face of it. It's, it's, it's so essentially in regular language, like if someone's spouse died and they're 55 or older and that spouse was getting property tax reductions because of a disability, even though that person with the disability is gone, the spouse still gets the tax reductions. This as, makes sense to me. As long as they live in the house. Yeah, because if you're if you're married to somebody with a disability, like 
all of your, you know, financial decisions are going to be based on you guys being married. And if you get mm. tax like exemptions yeah. for that, then that's going to be a factor. And then if, or, and not a lot of like spouses of people with disabilities end up being caregivers of mm. some kind, at least. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and therefore, you know, not like obviously not being independent spouses but like in in several ways you know and so then if the if the spouse were then to die it might or and then your financial situation changes even more because you don't have the exemption i could see that putting people in a tough spot that's a really good point here yeah here's my other thing like uh you know a lot of people don't think about this they think about you know someone disabled like they're born with a disability but this is for 55 and older so this could be someone who got like disabled because of work and they also happen to be the primary breadwinner uh the other thing is if you have a disabled uh spouse like you were saying you're probably the caregiver for the caregiver you probably don't have that 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 much of a salary because you're spending a lot of your time taking care of your spouse and not not as much time working so i think that this tax exemption would be appropriate because I don't think they necessarily have the income to sustain their property without it. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say yes on this. Yeah, I agree. And it's a $10,000 homestead tax exemption and a limit on school district property taxes. So that would just be dumped on someone because their spouse who they, you know, may have been caring for, for, you know, however long died. And that feels pretty bad. Yeah. And again, when it comes to taxation, like it's important to figure, to ask, like, who are we taxing uh, and how much are we taxing them? If we're trying to, you know, have as much money as possible to do all the stuff that we want to do, like, like one of these is an infrastructure bill, right? Or an infrastructure proposition. Like if we want to have the money to do all that infrastructure. We got to have, we got to tax people. But is the, the spouses of disabled people, like the people that really we need to be taxing, or is it more like the people who have a lot of money like corporations? And I said people who have a lot of money like corporations because apparently corporations are people too, which doesn't make any sense, but that's that's the way it is currently because of Citizens United. So uh, as here's, well, here's, what, here's what I love. Remember when I was saying, you know, towards the corporations also? Uh, yeah. Um, most of the people here are Christian and you know, most of these businessmen claim to be Christian. Uh, what happened to like defending the rights of orphans and widows and people disabled and stuff? Why are you letting them pay taxes when you're not? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean what the hell's wrong with them? At least the <laughs> yeah, that's oof. It doesn't make sense from a biblical perspective because it's they're not religiously Christian; they're culturally Christian. They're Christian because the status it gives them. If they were in Afghanistan right now, they would be the most devout Muslims you've ever fucking seen. It's, it's possible. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's tribal. It's about whose team, whose team is best, whose team wins. And, and Christianity can be part of that. I do have friends that, you know, are of the faith and actually do read the Bible and actually do, yeah. <laughs> do practice yeah, the stuff. Good. Like they're the out there. Ones are, re- are really good about it. That's why I'm so mad at the motherfuckers who are faking. I'm like, no, these people, like you are killing these motherfuckers because everyone thinks they're you. I also not. who are who are Christians and who love people about it, and it's wild. Yeah, but yeah, and no. I know a lot of people who don't do that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. know way more, unfortunately. 
who who don't yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so let's okay, one more. We got one more. So that was a that was a yes on that one, right? We want to give this we want to get make sure that there, these people aren't under the tax burden. Yep. Um and then proposition 8, the last one, SJR 35 proposes a constitutional amendment authorizing the legislature to exempt from ad valorem taxation, there it is again, property taxes, uh, all or part of the market value of the residence homestead of the surviving spouse of a member of the United States Armed Services who is killed or fatally injured in the line of duty. The Texas Constitution provides a property tax exemption to the surviving spouse of a member of the armed services who is killed in action. But the current exemption does not include members of the military who died during their service due to injuries sustained that are not combat related, which there are, I don't want to say a lot of, but they happen every year. Mm -hmm. There are dozens of people who. Unfortunately, it is a lot, but. I mean, it might be, it might be, it might be in the hundreds. I don't know. Our military is a lot of people. Um, but there is a small percentage. Well, you have to, you have to think year. about this. Texas actually has 50%. Like Texas re- residents make up about 50% of the U.S. military. It's interesting. Yeah, we got, we got. So you're, you're, you're probably going to be in the thousands for this. It's a big deal. I don't think it goes far enough, honestly. I think this need, they need to ha- explicitly state that it also covers uh, members of the military who are severely disabled because of their service. Mm-hmm. I think they should get that too. I know mm-hmm. we mentioned disability in the first one, but just, just so we have that. Mm-hmm. Legal protection, it needs to be in there twice because there's going to be some motherfucker that skirts around that to get their money. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, no, definitely having um, redundancy and stuff like that when you're providing services for people, I think is a good idea. Because, like you said, you're going to have those bureaucratic mix ups where somebody falls through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And the more safety nets you have, the better. Yeah. I I don't have a problem with this. I agree. I think it maybe even should go further. Um, Yeah. I think so too, because it all it like this just addresses that like weird middle ground of like oh well you didn't die in action you know so like your family can suck it you know even though you died in service you know like even though you died because your job was military yep like yeah so I mean it's already the case for people who are killed in action so now it just accounts for people who are killed because like potentially because you know we up or yeah. or be, like because it specifies like during training yeah or other military duties like it happens. that's it happens yeah that's rough yeah. right now that apparently this is not a thing if you like if boot camp goes too hard and you die about it like through your spouse yeah mm-hmm. so this yeah this seems good also like here's the other thing like uh one of the things I'm worried about is death due to mental health. I, I don't like think there's going to be enough protection for that, and that's a really big problem. We actually lost more people, more members of the military, basically, to either suicide or self-inflicted accidents mm-hmm. than we did in actual combat, and it wasn't even close. Yes. Um, so I, 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 I really think that this bill, it's going to be a yes, but it needs to go further. Like, I need a lot more on this too because it could be interpreted to include like you know mental health like if somebody you know is struggles like due to their job that which is a hard one and ends up you know dead because of it 
Yeah, it could be, but my concern... But it might not always be. Yeah, so my I concern is that Texas doesn't exactly have the best track record with mental health in the first place. Exactly. And you're going to have some motherfucker who wants to circumvent that whole veteran thing, and that's how they're going to do it. Yeah. And those people deserve to be tr- punched directly in the face. Yeah. Point blank. Sorry. I don't. I don't. Yep. I don't. We could, don't condone violence. I don't know about that. I but. no no no. I we we're not advocating violence, but we're saying that the people <laughs> do deserve to be punched. You shouldn't punch them, but they deserve it. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I try not to judge. Yeah. I don't judge people. I don't. I don't know what people deserve. I I don't punch people either. <laughs> I'm speaking hyperboles, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. So I guess so. That's those are the props. Again, I guess I'll go on the list real quick. One more time and recap before we move on to the last segment of today. Uh, prop one was a yes, right? Is that what we said? Or a no? Did we say no on the charitable foundations of the rodeos? The charitable foundation, unless somebody can convince us. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No until otherwise, until otherwise convinced. Okay, so then prop two uh, on the yes transportation and, and infrastructure and stuff. So that was a yes. Mm-hmm. Prop three was a no on the yeah. churches. Yeah. You know, the state not being able to limit uh, people going limit to church. Religious services. Yeah, so no yeah. for three. Uh, four was a yes on requirements and restrictions on who can become a judge. Uh, yeah. So hard yes on prop four. Prop five was okay. a no for the SCJC having more power to investigate people when the we found out on air that the SCJC is a cor- corrupt body uh, or entity. Very potentially. Yep. The SGC, S, uh, SCJC is set up to be a, a corrupt body. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know about the people that are on it right now, but yes. it is not. Yeah. It's, it has it, a lot of freedom. It's very sus. It's a, it's a sus entity. We need to look more into it. Uh, prop six. Yeah. Uh, no on the facilities giving a right to designate essential caregivers or whatever. Letting people. Letting, yeah. Letting, no on the residents having yeah. the right to designate an essential caregiver. Yeah. Um, so taking power out of the facilities. Uh, then a yes on prop seven for and seven and eight essentially were the same thing. Essentially providing yeah. tax exemptions for spouses of of dead dead people either military or otherwise um so yeah yes on both of those so yeah. okay you know and that's like i don't know there's usually there's some crazy props sometimes and these while very corner case and niche in some cases like none of these were really i don't, I don't think crazy or surprising i i guess what i i would have expected or hoped for not expected not in this state but would have hoped for <laughs> <laughs> uh, something broad and sweeping, right? Like some sort of prop that's like actually going to have a substantial change on the state for a lot of people. Um, like, I don't know, like maybe let us be a part of the Medicare expansion from Obamacare. Back in 2012, all the other states got to increase the uh, amount of money that goes to people on Medicare and like Republican states opted out of it and we've been out of it ever since. And so that's like literally federal money. That's just like just... Mm-hmm we just rejected on principle uh and like that's something like that'd be cool if that was a prop principle. you know and we like we could vote like hey can you give 
you know, people 55 and over some money or whatever. I think there's like a, a, a I don't, I don't know the, the details of it, but it's like, it's a bunch of money that we don't have and we could have, and people who are on Medicare, like they're the ones that need that stuff financed and funded. We need more healthcare in this state. Um, so that's like, that's the type of stuff that I would like to see in these propositions where it's like, okay, we're going to really shake things up across the state. Um, none of this, I mean, I, I guess unless some of these pass, which it's totally possible that some of these that we, we don't think should pass will will definitely pass. A lot of people don't read too much into these things. So hopefully, listener, you 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 learned about it yourself and decide for yourself. Uh I mean, I don't know. Go, I don't it's it's hard to segue into into such a such a serious topic for the for the rest of it, but like everyone knows by now, because it's been like two weeks, right, about the heartbeat bill that is now law until the supreme court says otherwise in texas yeah what do y'all like what do you want to say yeah um i don't know i want to focus on the fact that it might not stick around because the department of justice i hear is has filed a lawsuit and i hear several other people are looking into it um and that is great uh the meantime sucks a lot for everyone who needs an abortion right now um for everyone who's out of the six weeks right now and we don't know how long it might take to take legal action um yeah so that kind of sucks absolutely yeah i was i was hearing uh i guess two weeks ago whatever the 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 night before the first when was the first like on a thursday or something um that our clinic here in Fort Worth would had when the day started a hundred people that they were trying to get in and out essentially before the law changed. Um, and the doctors had to stay up there. I, I don't, I think they got out by midnight. I'm not sure. Like when I heard the thing, it was in the afternoon and they're like, we still have 30 people here and it's like six or seven in, in the evening. Um, yeah, it's so, I mean, just like to trying to be one of those people who are trying like waiting, you know, in line, hoping that you get taken care of. Um, yeah. I just, God, that must have been. Whew, yeah. Do not envy anyone in that position. Here's my concern. I don't think this is going to stop abortion. I think this is going to incentivize illegal abortions, especially the late-term ones. Of course. The uh, the yes. ones that historically don't just succeed in aborting the child, but or the fetus. Uh, they also succeed in ending the life of the mother. Yeah. It's I think it's interesting. Dangerous. We were talking about healthcare earlier. Um, that actually, access to healthcare is one of the things that actually lowers the abortion rate. Of course, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like, give you an example. Um, from like 2013 or 2011 to 2015, Texas reduced their abortion rate by 25 percent, mostly due to an abortion bill that Rick Perry passed, basically just to give his sister's lobbying company. A monopoly on the abortion industry in Texas. Hmm. In that same amount of time, the state of Delaware reduced their abortion rate by thirty percent, simply by increasing access to health care. So even more. And they also expanded their access to, to abortion. It, it's weird. Abortion is one of those things where you, the more you make it accessible, the less you're going to need it in the future. Yeah. Because it allows women to take control of their lives and fix their economic situation. So that when they're actually ready to have a child, those children aren't in the same economic situation they found themselves in. And so 
abortion isn't as necessary for them. I think the Republicans know this, but also abortion since at least Reagan has been one of their key mark issues. Yeah. And if that goes away, they can't keep voters emotional, which means they can't keep them participating and they're already losing power. So on that point, that's a good point. And actually, I so I on breaking points this week, I, or I think it was at the, the end of last week, I heard a really good point that I hadn't considered. Um, if, if you don't know, breaking points was the, the, the old the old two hosts of The Hill Rising. They had the show rising on YouTube is Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty, like a, a progressive and a conservative. Um, Crystal was out, so it was like Sagar and his buddy who were two conservatives, and they and they're in D.C. They're not, you know, Sagar I think lived in Dallas for a while, but they're not like Texas news. But they were talking about the bill, and they were talking about how they think for the Republican Party, it's going to be an overstepping of the bounds and like actually maybe endanger them in 2022 or 2024 because, and I didn't think about this, nobody in the 2016 election or the 2020 election was voting on abortion because it wasn't on the ballot essentially, right? It wasn't one of the issues that was driving people to the polls. There was a bunch of other stuff that was. So, mm-hmm. and, and so that, and you, like you said, that's kind of been their strategy since Reagan. They've kind of been making six slow successes over the past 20 years, but like little ripples, like not big sweeps on Roe versus Wade. And now that it actually looks like Roe versus Wade is in danger, um, it's going to activate a bunch of people who haven't voted on that issue and maybe haven't voted um, that will. And so like those numbers are not, we haven't seen in the past eight years, maybe you could say 12 years uh, that we'll kind of see because of this scare of like, oh, Texas is doing this. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Abortion's going to be their, their new uh, anti-LGBTQ thing because here's what happened. You know, they were hardcore about it and Trump kind of abandoned that. And that's why I was, at first I was like, oh, maybe this is okay. And that lasts for about 0.2 seconds. And then I'm just like, mother of God, absolutely not. But uh, yeah, this is going to be think... their new thing. So what's going to happen is that that's going to slowly start to hurt them. And then someone's going to come along and all of a sudden they're, they're cool with abortion now. Ooh. Oof. I think that, like, interestingly, politically, like, this is going to alienate a lot of people in both directions. Yes. Because, like, like my family is very conservative. And so I grew up, you know, being taught, you know, we're pro-life. You know, we don't want babies dying. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. And I haven't talked to my family about this because that sounds hard. And I just don't want to talk to them. Sure. Um, But I can imagine that this doesn't go far enough for them, you know, because where does life start? You know, oh, you're like because they're they're very, you know, at like at conception. That is a baby, you know, and like needs to be given full rights of, you know, humans and, and like they're, you know. Gotcha. So you're saying there's going to be people who are like, this isn't, this isn't enough. I think that the, the, the super Christian conservative people out there, this is not going to be enough for them. I'm actually going out to, <laughs> to see my parents after this and I am not going to bring it up, but if it, yeah. if it comes up, I'll let you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll do a little research, <laughs> a little recon. Um, and yeah, I feel like this is going to be like, 
like a small win because it's limiting abortions, you know, that's in lots of air quotes for anyone who didn't get that. Um, But, but they're going to be upset that it's not fully like outlawing abortion. And I think on the same side, like more to your point too. So that'll be, some people will go that way and be maybe unhappy with it. And I think other women on the right, you're going to have some women on the right that are not about this. Right. Um, yeah. And then there are, are some people who are going to be more middle of the ground and are going to be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be able to force someone to be pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. Amber's had a conversation with her sister who's very, very conservative. But like a few a year or two ago, they were talking about abortion and she kind of laughed and was like, that's not going to happen. Like, oh, that's that's not a possibility. They're not going to prevent that from happening. And like, and Amber was like, well, if they did, would you be for it? She's like, absolutely not. Of course not. She's like, but she just kind of was like, I guess, in denial about how serious the party in Texas is about getting rid of it. Um, and so, like, I think some people are going to be who are conservative, like, will be turned off by this because it's like, oh, I actually didn't think y'all were actually I thought it was rhetoric you know, <laughs> or whatever. I thought it was all talk. Um so I don't know. I'm curious to see what the fallout yeah, is going to be. I think the the side of, of people that like aren't like that this won't go far enough for is probably fairly niche, but it's always hard to tell with mm-hmm. the amount of Texas that is rural yeah. and conservative That's true. and religious and, you know, out of touch with the parts of the world that we live in. So interesting thing That's about uh, abortion statistics. Do you know what one of the highest groups interest groups of women who get abortions are is uh, it might be the highest right now mothers Mid, middle class women who go to church mm. yeah people who already have children mm-hmm. um yeah sense. usually i think is i think state. that's a big part of that statistic too so yeah. i want to all kinds of people get abortions you yes listener this Love is going to split the Republican Party a little bit. Say, say that again, Rose. I, I I said you, anyone who's listening to this, you love someone who has had an abortion. Yep. Yep. You Very might true. Not know. Very true. They, they might not feel like they can share that information with everyone in their life. They might not want to share that information with people. But But, like, we all love someone who's had an abortion. We all like have no idea what people are doing with their bodies unless they share that with us. And <laughs> I love that, yep. you know, and I, God, I hope that we quickly resolve this issue in a way that lets people still do whatever they want and need to with their bodies. Yep. I was telling my students that if you think the government shouldn't tell you that what you can and can't put in your body in regards to drugs is a thing in which I believe, I believe there's all drugs should be legal. You can't tell me what I can and can't do or whatever. Um, exactly. If you believe that, then it, you should, it should apply the exact same logic to abortion because it's the same thing. It's the government telling human beings what they can and can't put in their body. Um, yeah. And I got some really confused faces when I, when I said that. They're like, there's, I don't know, but it's, that's gotta be a, and I guess you, you don't have to be ideolo- ideologically consistent. Most people aren't, I suppose. But if you really yep. think about why you believe what you believe, um, mm-hmm. then you should be. Um, you should be consistent. 
and here's the thing roe v wade everyone thinks that legalized abortion it does but it was actually a big compromiser because at the time you had a lot of states who were like doing abortions just whatever and you had a lot of them who were banning it um roe v wade uh bans abortions to the point of a life being viable so like if a like if a woman can the the basically the second a woman can have okay basically the second a woman can have uh a child and the child can live outside the womb is when they start to ban it but that's not that's like way way later than six weeks they're they're way out of the purview of that that's also one of the reasons why the uh supreme court refused to to hear about it on procedural grounds because Mm -hmm. they know on legal grounds they don't have a this like this law does not have a lake to stand on. That's why all the other justices wrote a very scathing dissent of this that you'll never get to hear because they had like this late at night discussion and you got like one paragraph over this over three days of deliberations. No one was allowed to make any oral arguments. Um they're blocking this for a reason in the Supreme Court. Because if they don't if they don't just refuse to hear it outright uh on legal grounds they're probably going to have to have to strike it down and i think they know that yeah and so and that's what it'll eventually work work through so i guess to to kind of get to that i do i want us to look at abbott put his foot in his mouth with what he said kind of read some of the responses which is a little bit of what you've kind of said already thomas and then give information to those of you who want to maybe attack this in a legal manner like how you can do so what that might look like uh so here's abbott saying I'm, this went viral and i thought it was really funny because like i don't know just anytime texas goes viral it's always embarrassing but funny to see what the rest of the country thinks about all this uh and so here's this and then jen Saki has a response which i was surprised to see which i thought was pretty good which we'll listen to next heartbeat bill why force a rape or incest victim to carry a pregnancy to term uh it doesn't require that at all because uh, obviously uh, it provides uh, at least six weeks uh for a person uh, to be able to uh, get an abortion. And so for one, it doesn't provide that. That said, however, let's make something very clear. Rape is a crime. And Texas will work tirelessly to make sure that we eliminate all rapists from the streets of Texas by aggressively going out and uh, arresting them and prosecuting them and getting them off the streets. So goal number one in the state of Texas is to eliminate rape so that no woman, no person, will be a victim of rape. But in it but in addition to that we do want to make sure that we provide support for those who are victims of rape. And we have organizations that we as a state support that others support uh, to make sure that anybody who's victimized that uh, will get the support they need. Are you planning to increase support for those moms once those babies are delivered? Absolutely. <laughs> that last question was pretty pretty good. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this in one headphone, there's like a left right thing going on, so you might need to pick up the other earbud if if you missed what there was going on there. Um, yeah, so the rape he ended up talking about rape, I think, more than he talked about abortion there in that yeah. clip. He said at least six weeks. In what world do you have at least six weeks to deal with it? Why did he throw in that phrase? Because you don't. He has, he is ignorant. 
Uh, and this is what got it. This is why it went viral because he just demonstrates his ignorance of like how the female body works and how biology works. Yeah. And or you know our our record with rape. Uh, by oh, the way, yeah. Um, yeah. Depending on what statistics you have, uh, on a good day, three out of every one thousand rapists will go to prison. Yeah, so we're clear. We don't even yeah, process. Out on the streets, where are you going to find all these rapists? Out on the, racist rapists are in your home, yeah. you know, like they're in, like they're like, especially in the case of, like of incest that he that he mentioned, like, yeah. like who is is going to be like in a position where that happens to them, and then also in a position where they're going to be able to immediately go out and take care of it? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's absolutely. just not a thing. That's just completely. He lives in a in a delusional land. It's, it's also just, that taking care of them after birth. I'm gonna say that's a hard no. He's not gonna. Do oh, that. he he was just answering yes to the question, just to kind of get yeah. move on yeah, as quickly did, as possible. Yes, but he said nothing about any plan to do so. <laughs> and the implication in his statement was that oh, we essentially we just need more law enforcement, more people to go out there and arrest him is what he said. That that'll fix the problem. It's not. What it's I was, I'm not even sure why he brought it up, but here here's here's so Jen Psaki is the uh the um press secretary for Joe Biden and also Secretary of SAS. Yeah, like I don't like press secretaries in general. Press secretaries like it's the worst job you can possibly have where you have to go out there every day and essentially like lie on behalf of the president. Um it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what president, like any any president, go look at any of their press secretaries. Like it's not an enviable position to be in. Um, so like I'm not a particularly a fan of Jensaki, but yeah, like uh like Thomas said, she does have a sass she has some sassitude uh to her presentation. And so here's her response to Greg Abbott. Them and getting them off the streets. Well, if Governor Abbott has a means of eliminating all rapists or all rape uh, from the United States, then there'd be bipartisan support for that. Uh, but given there has never in history of the country in the world been any leader who's ever been able to eliminate rape, eliminate rapists from our streets, it's even more imperative. It's one of the many reasons, I should say, not the only reason why women in Texas should have access to health care. So it does not change our objectives, does not change our commitment. Uh, the Department of Justice, the attorney general announced a step on Monday. Uh, our Department of Justice is continuing to look at legal options. Our Department of Health and Human Services is also continuing to look at all options. And the president has made clear uh, that it's a priority to do everything we can to ensure women in Texas have access to health care. So the federal government is concerned and is doing something about it. And again, you kind of have to just take whatever the press secretary says with a grain of salt. Like they're just trying to put out fires every day. That's their job. Um, right. <laughs> so it's uh, OK. It's uh, OK. Y'all are y'all hear that we're we're struggling here in Texas. OK, good. I'm glad you hear us. Let's like let's see if something happens. Um, <laughs> Do we have that? And of her approach of just being like. Great. I hope you're fucking right. <laughs> but in the meantime, right. we're gonna keep fighting for people's rights. <laughs> Did y'all? Like, I think this is in the same all the time. Like, I I hope you're right. You know, like like you have a crazy <laughs> theory, like that that, and then you know Donald Trump is gonna save America. You know, in that case, I hope you're right. I yeah. hope he does. You know, <laughs> exactly. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> I just don't think that it's gonna. You yeah. know, that's not how things. Work. No, this is either in the the same sperm or one of the ones before that but some some male journalist 
tried to to say something about abortion to, to her. And she's just to the she says something to the effect of, "Well, uh, you being someone who doesn't need one, I'm not sure why your opinion's valid here, but yeah." Yeah, so th there was, like I said, it went viral. And so a lot of people ended up having a lot of opinions who normally probably don't know anything about Greg Abbott, like, or like, oh, this, this mf -er right here. So uh, one person essentially said, um, you know, other issues aside, a fact check. This is Lauren Kelly from Twitter. It's, a, it's all in the article below. Uh, SB8 doesn't give at least six weeks for a person to be able to get an abortion. It bans abortion after six weeks of pregnancy, which because of the weird way these things are counted actually means about four weeks after conception or two weeks after a missed period. From what Greg Abbott is saying here to be true, you would have to start planning for an abortion a week or two before even having sex that results in a pregnancy. So... Wait, so what do you mean four weeks after conception? So this, it doesn't count for conception. It counts from when the sex happens. I mean, it's essentially trying to, you know. That, that's, that's a question because conception doesn't happen right away. Exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing. Everyone's body is different. <laughs> the biological right. process takes is different for different people. Uh, and so it's like because of that variability and like just even with within a, a single person, like our bodies vary every day. Right. Uh, and so to, to put a hard six weeks, which isn't which just doesn't doesn't even make sense. Uh, and then this other this Erica Greider, I don't I, I don't know if I said her name right, brings up a great point. Sorry to be this cynical, but SB8 doesn't exactly dis disincentivize rape in any way which is kind of like bringing the point back to like, okay, we're talking about an abortion bill. Uh, we're not talking about rape. This doesn't do anything for rape. And so it's like, why did he kind of, <laughs> why did he make, go, go stand on a soapbox about that issue? Um, so I don't know. This, he's just kind of making a mess of it. Again, this is kind of a contributing to his um, decline in popularity or his approval ratings. Um, so yeah. So I don't know. That's that's Abbott being Abbott, <laughs> like you yep. want to do. Um, well, I guess thanks. finally, before we wrap it up, I just wanted to point out that the Satanic Temple is a uh, atheistic organization and advocacy organization that is using religious laws to fight for essentially kind of religious freedom, and is using and has been for over about an, over a year now their quote abortion ritual um to legally advocate for the taking away of abortion and abortion restrictions as like a violation on their religious rights because the abortion ritual is part of their religion again it's not a religion but it is a religion so they can be you know you see what i'm saying like it's like this is a an organization that's a political advocacy organization these are the same people that went to uh, the, the courthouse in Oklahoma City like five or six years ago and had the Ten Commandments removed because they were put out there and they're like, okay, well, if you're going to put the Ten Commandments there, let's put Baphomet right next to it um, because, rep because representation, right? Like all, all religions, right? And they were like, no, they just like took the Ten Commandments away instead rather than have a bunch of, there was like a bunch of people that petitioned to have like Vishnu and like a bunch of different uh, uh, spaghetti yeah. monster. Because religious freedom doesn't mean Christian freedom. Exactly. <laughs> So that's what these guys do. And so now the they, they meant religious freedom for them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We want to do whatever this, we want this, and oppress you however we want. 
Yeah. yeah. That's exactly the, the American way is anything that benefits me and at your expense. You mm-hmm. you don't get any of this. You 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 serve me. This is this is this is how they work. Yes, exactly. So I don't. I just wanted to share on their website. They're they're kind of putting a call to action out there, and they're saying the satanic temp. What are we doing now? They're they're standing ready to assist any member that shares its deeply held religious convictions regarding the right to reproductive freedom. Accordingly, we hell we, Satan. Yeah, hell, hell Satan. Uh, we encourage any member <laughs> who resides in Texas and wishes to undergo a satanic abortion ritual within the first 24 weeks of pregnancy to contact the satanic temple so we may help fight this law directly. So they're going to provide legal help if you are wanting to do that. Like if you're in the position to where you're being violated by this law, um, then they're going to help. They're going to help people who are trying to push that because they actually they are wanting to challenge the Supreme Court. And they've already got like a bunch of lawsuits going on. And one of them is for Texas, for something that happened earlier this year. That's not this abortion law, but a different one, like a different restriction. Um, And so they're currently fighting that stuff. So if just to throw it out there, like if you're wanting to if you're in the position to where you could be legally, you know. Fighting this, then they're going to they're going to put that out there. So. That's so oh, good and by the way, if y'all wanted to make anonymous tips for people who had abortion to collect ten thousand uh, dollars, um, well, you can't because Go But Daddy totally just pulled the website off off their hosting service. Wait, which, which I think is uh, which? Oh, one? yeah. So part of that part of that abortion bill um, allows, and this is the only reason why they've been able to get to circumvent Roe v. Wade is the. Uh, the citizens themselves are the people who enforce it, and they're the snitches, right? So they have an anonymous tip line yes. that you can go online and send a tip to. Uh, they were hosted by GoDaddy, mm-hmm. and GoDaddy heard about this, shit and they pulled the website. Yeah, this is like a week ago, a little over a week ago. Yeah, and unfortunately, they're back up. Um, it's the same hosting what? site. Yeah, it's the same hosting site that hosts 4chan, and and uh, oh god, the parlor, the parlor. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. Same, same. So they're back. But yeah, there was a there was a slight victory where they took the site down for a period of time. Also, but while it's been up, it's been constantly spammed by a bunch of TikTokers sending in like porn and a bunch of like anime yeah. and like different clips and stuff just to like flood, be a real shame if some of our listeners did that. <laughs> yeah, I guess real I could shame. put the website down below. I didn't think about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So that's uh that's what's going on in Texas. An now. entire mess. And a lot of people worried. Yeah. And a lot of people in real situations that they have to figure out a solution to now. Yes. You know, a lot of people who need an abortion and have to figure out how they're going to manage the rest of their life. Yep. (laughs) So examples of people who might be aiding or abetting an abortion includes like Uber drivers. I mean, they don't. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, they're not very descriptive on how aiding and abetting is defined. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you found a way, you might be able to get Greg, Greg Abbott for this. So, did you hear Lyft's response to that? Because Lyft uh, felt, s- sent yeah. out an in, in I, I saw. Yeah. So there's. They a, there's... were like, "This sucks, and you can't, and you can't do it. Um, and we will never ask you." where you're going or why, yep. you know, aside from the address. <laughs> and we 
will we will never or and and we will do our best to to you know advocate for all drivers and riders who might be yep like penalized they took it from both directions they explained it you know reasoning for both sides like drivers shouldn't be canceled on um because of where they're taking people to and customers shouldn't be canceled on by drivers because of where they're asking to be taken um and this law is kind of again taking the power out of the company's hand to make that decision and ow I just hit my foot. Sorry. Uh, by by making yeah, exactly. And that's how they're sidestepping it, Thomas. Like you said, like it's not the state doing it; it's giving the power to random citizens to whistleblow on those activities, which is so dystopian. That's like so 1984 stuff, where it's like, oh, you're having everybody rat each other out. Like, come on, man. We're so. Yeah. We're, <laughs> which is why again, a bounty with a ten thousand yeah. dollar bounty. Which is why like, again, not even not even like, hey, like if you, you know, care about the unborn and want to help, like here's a yep. hotline. It's like, no, we will give you money to report your fellow citizens. Yep. And it's so that's and that's why because of this new strategy, that's why they were, you know, kind of the, the conservatives that I was talking about earlier, like why they think it's a bad thing, because they're rewriting the rules. And when you rewrite the rules, then you kind of make new rules to deal with those new rules, you know, essentially. So it's like it's in the long run, maybe you're going to jeopardize their cause by like solidifying Roe v. Wade even more in response to these types of things. So I don't know. Of course, that's speculation. But I just thought of another scenario. Mm-hmm. You know how, you know, a good portion of women who get abortions are actually go to church and everything. What if the church members start turning in those women that go to church? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Exactly. I mean, are you are you really asking? <laughs> like, uh, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. There's going to be some pandemonium. It's going to take like one or two of these things to go off, and all of a sudden, you're going to have some slightly different abor- opinions on abortion from the religious right because that's hurting their bottom line. Ultimately, yeah. I'm curious to see what the fallout of this is going to be. We still we're still got a long ways to go, but. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you sticking it through in this yeah, inter- interesting episode. I feel like we covered a lot of a lot of cool stuff, though. Uh, real yeah. quick before we're done, I do want to say, uh, please hit us up on Twitter at FW Review. Uh, send us any recommendations that you want, any questions that you may have. Also, our website has changed, so we are no longer JusticeReformLeague.org. We are JusticeReformLeague.net. Yeah. 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 So it's the same website. Sorry, we had to switch it on you guys. Um, but that's that's where it is now. It'll be it should be after. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun guys. We'll, we'll be back in a couple weeks with commissioner stuff. It's county commissioner stuff. Yeah. Uh, love you. Bye.